1: Hello, and welcome to The Gaily Prophet, a humorous yet ruthless podcast where two queer IRL witches read Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite Gryffindandy, Lark Malachi Grey.
0: And I am Gryffindandy Chardonnay, Jesse Blount, and today we're talking about chapter 18 of Goblet of Fire, The Wang of the Wands, in which Harry wakes up still in his own personal hell of being the fourth champion, and Ron still being a complete dick to him. Thankfully, Hermione, the only student with any sense, apparently, knows that obviously Harry did not do this or want this. She also clues Harry into why Ron is pissed, which boils down to classic middle child at their breaking point. But Harry is understandably pissed that this possible life ending situation he is in is the time that Ron gives him the cold shoulder. After Way too much prodding from Hermione, Harry writes Sirius to be like, so what had happened was, someone is once again trying to kill me. At least everyone's favorite mom, Hagrid, believes Harry didn't do it and is in danger. Which is great. Uh, Unfortunately, classes suck because 75% of the student body hates him. And once again, no adult cares how literally the whole goddamn school is treating Harry. Without Ron as, as his ride or die, which way drop the ball here, Ron. Harry does not want to be the main character anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, this all comes to a head before Double Potions when Draco shows off his childish insulting buttons that every damn Slytherin is now wearing. Harry and Draco duel very badly and our tender heart queer Hermione gets hit with a spell and is abjectly humiliated by Snape, an adult person.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Harry, assuming rightly that Snape is going to poison him for sure, is saved by a little Colin Creevy being like Harry has a Champion's thing. This turns out to be all the judges are here for the weighing of the wands, and we finally meet often talked about Miss Rita Skeeter in the flesh. She's fucking fabulous and relentless and corners Harry for a deeply embellished interview that is cut short by Dumbledore himself. Anyway, everyone's wands work. Floor does, in fact, have Vila heritage. And when Harry is done, there is a letter from Sirius that essentially says, get ready, stay ready until we can FaceTime in November. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Excellent. Um, I'm going to take a moment here at the top to plug my tarot deck.
0: Woohoo! Thanks. You can't see me waving my hands, but I'm very excited.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, I've talked about this on Escape from Reality, but I have not talked about it on this podcast yet. Uh, I designed a tarot deck it's real cool and I'm doing a kickstarter for it it would make me very happy if you would check it out I'll put a link in the show notes there will also be a link to it on our website and on my website and on our social media so it should be pretty easy to find I'm really proud of it yes that's that
0: I'm very excited that this is this is happening
1: (sighs) thank you me too I'm very anxious about it um yeah, and with that we're gonna get into today's headlines. Students' demands for an inquiry into the behavior of potions master Severus Snape were denied, citing tenure.
2: Oh mm-hmm.
1: sad trombones. <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> yep. And now we're gonna turn to the front page where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. Uh
0: just Hermione Remains being the being the best mom friend (laughs) bringing harry toast and he's like wow do not want to go into the Great hall and her mind's like i already thought about that
1: yeah she's a great friend in this chapter yeah that's actually also my first thing because she's like i know that she's hanging out with harry but i feel like she's also being really understanding to ron who is having really understandable feelings and helping harry understand those And I particularly love when she's like, no, I'm not telling Ron anything. Like, that's not going to solve anything. If you want to tell Ron something, you tell Ron something. And I was like, yes, you are crushing it. Like, top-level friending, Hermione.
0: Yeah, Hermione's like, this isn't middle school. I'm not going to pass notes between you guys. Just talk talk it out. (laughs) Yeah. Which is the correct action.
1: It totally is. Yeah. What a good friend. Um... (laughs) Also on, well, sort of on Hermione, she's talking to Harry about why he needs to write to Sirius and, you know, how he's going to find out anyway. And she says, you're already in half the books about you know who, you know. And I just wrote, no, he does not. He has no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's read none of those books.
0: I actually do have something about that later, a little bit about that later in the in one of the other sections but yeah he really just remains still blissfully ignorant about anything anyone has ever said about him and I'm like yep. I don't know
1: I agree uh, it's your turn
0: Um, I don't know why this makes me laugh so much but just Hedwig being petty as fuck this entire <laughs> chapter because <laughs> Harry won't let her send one letter she's just like no fuck you <laughs> like know. the rest of the chapter <laughs> <laughs> just like what are you a cat? What is happening?
1: <laughs> yeah. I think she is the cat of birds.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Harry better watch out before she like vomits a owl pellet into his shoes or something. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> <sighs>
1: so I think that Malfoy had these buttons professionally made
0: interesting okay yeah
1: i think he mail ordered them i think that's why they came two weeks after the whole thing happened can i can't imagine him putting in the effort to like making tons and tons of like light up buttons
0: i don't know because i i actually think he made them and that it is actually probably i mean it's i think in his mind a better use of his time than like (laughs) studying
1: i agree but i think he would get more like it feels fancier to him to have these like professionally made buttons you know every single one of them is identical they're like you know have the reinforced backs like I just think (laughs) it feels much more like snotty rich kid for him to have like sent away for these buttons
0: they're like the nicest enamel pins that they also happen to just like the text change. Yeah,
1: exactly (laughs)
0: Um, whatever it is, it is also a pretty hilarious level of petty. It truly (laughs) is. Oh, jeez. I just want to say that you know, Hagrid's heart is in the right place, but she really should have gotten some harnesses or like a gentle leader for like these skirts. Um, I mean, probably not letting 14 year olds be drug around by these Giant, strong, dangerous creatures, but. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. It is still a pretty funny mental image of like some, some slithered child just being drunk like <laughs> several <laughs> yards, but <by> it's like. <laughs> like just the worst sort of crab you could ever imagine.
1: <laughs> They're so terrible. <laughs> They're
0: so awful. They're so
2: terrible. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <sighs> I am really loving the idea, like, the mental image of, like, a gentle leader on a Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I, I, I've i seen images of Scrooge. I still have a really hard time imagining, like, where the leash goes. Is it held in place by, like, going between some of their legs?
0: It must be. Or, like... I don't know if they grew a weird exoskeleton. Then they're maybe they have like plates. Could like go, but I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I've I've also never seen a satisfactory piece of art about what they must look like. It's all pretty horrifying, but mm-hmm. it's a like, it's really like one of the few bits of comedy just to imagine all the kids just being dr- dragged around in every direction <laughs> by these
1: terrible creatures. Yeah. Oh jeez. Yep. I weirdly don't have anything else in this section today. Uh I have a couple other things. Okay.
0: Uh mostly that I feel like this walking a skirt is a really good metaphor for how Harry is feeling right now in his life. <laughs> where he's just being dragged through the mud by this like <laughs> terrible thing and he like can't he's like it's too strong so he just has to he just has to go be dragged in the mud with it. <laughs>
1: accurate uh also i'm gonna use that in the future when i'm stressed out i'm gonna be like i feel like i'm taking a script for a walk it's so real really it's taking you for a walk is what's happening oh that's just so good jesse thank you
0: I mean, even Hagrid is like, everything seems to happen to you, doesn't it? And it's just like, damn, that's so good. <laughs> is like, I want to be a side character now. Can I be a background character? Can this happen to literally anyone else? Yep. Can I just have one chill year of school?
1: <laughs> no. You may not, you sir.
0: Do. Sorry. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the education section where we talk about this goddamn school. I feel like this chapter is such a great example about why the house system is really, really bad. Like...
0: Oh, yeah, totally.
1: Right? Having a second Hogwarts champion would not be this kind of problem if there weren't houses.
0: Yeah. And I mean, granted, it's like, I mean... We've all seen teen movies. A lot of us have been in high school. It's like there's always going to be like weird inner student politics of like popular kids versus everyone fucking else or whatever. But the house system really just it just it like there just there is no inner house unity. Except I guess for everyone being united against hating Harry Potter at this moment, which right. seems like a really shitty thing to feel united about
1: yeah it's like large scale bullying it's so bad and like yeah it just it just wouldn't it wouldn't be the case that it was like the whole school hates harry potter now if they just were like in dorms if there weren't houses so yeah down with houses
0: yeah no it's just and I think I think it's like understandable. I think for the Hufflepuffs to feel a certain way, mm-hmm. just because like I think in canon, as like we're getting like in this chapter, it's like the Hufflepuffs really have anything to be like really proud or excited about. Which again is I think another reason to be like, well, fuck these houses,
1: <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's just like it's like what like the Ravenclaws. What the fuck are you guys doing? It's like, oh, because of Quidditch, we're all against each other. And I'm like, I don't think it's just Quidditch, (laughs) even though it doesn't help.
1: No, no. And neither does the the House Cup, even if Quidditch didn't play into that at all. Right. Like, yeah, no, it's not. It's not good. Have like a be a normal school, have a valedictorian and let the students compete against each other individually. Yeah. If you have to. Or, you know, don't <laughs> it's an
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's incredibly fucked up. And as I said in my intro, my intro, my summary, deeply upset, unsurprised, but deeply upset that none of the adults bring a single thing about this.
1: I know. Yeah, this is a really bad school.
0: And then everyone's like, why is it hard for us to get together when we have to like deal with this literal fascist? Like two books from now and it's like huh i wonder why
1: <laughs> gee it's a mystery it doesn't make any <laughs> sense <laughs>
0: couldn't couldn't pu- couldn't put a finger on exactly what it is <laughs> who who would have who, who, who could have seen this coming
2: <laughs> right
0: <sighs> yep um okay so why not just have someone examine all of the kids' wands at the beginning of the school year? This is the only time we're ever like, hey, because you literally need your wand to survive this deadly tournament that you're in, we're going to make sure your wand fucking works. Or even just like have someone comes in to be like, let me just, you know, is your wand, is your unwinding weird, you need a tune up or whatever the fuck. Like, why isn't there like IT for wands? Uh, especially at a school where people are learning how to use their wand and I, I mean again obviously i ranted a lot about this in book two where ron just had a broken wand for the entire school right. year which is like clearly impeding his education and no one seems to fucking give a fuck no and like and if it is a thing where it's like well only someone like Ollivander could do that what the fuck like if ollie Vander had gotten fucking one of the fucking flying horses that cl- stopped him for whatever reason on his way up here. Y'all be fucking screwed. No one would make wands. W- what? Even fucking Coca-Cola. There is at least two people who know the secret recipe. Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah, totally. You're. That's <laughs> a great point because he is real old. He should have an apprentice by now.
0: <laughs> he should have like eight apprentices or whatever. Yeah. Especially if your other option for wand making is Grigorovich, which LOL name drop. It's going to come in gonna come back later for us yeah or whatever french wand maker we are assuming or maybe you can just like get your wand made by some like because fleur has this wand we'll talk about the wand later but it seems like it would make so much sense to do this more than once in this entire fucking series i know especially when you're presumably educating like the majority population of like witching the witching uk yeah
1: this is a great point what? Yeah. What a good point. They should totally. They should totally be checking at, 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 yeah, at least at the beginning of the school year. Yeah. Or like, you know, in in school, if you notice that a kid is struggling, you'll do things like suggest that they get their eyes checked because maybe they need glasses. So maybe when you see Ron suddenly performing absolutely terribly in class instead of getting mad at him you're like should we have your wand checked is there a problem an underlying issue that's that's contributing
0: and isn't this one of the reasons that neville like levels up in his classes is because he gets his own wand and not his father's wand, which again seemed like i understand the impulse there but like not setting your cut you're not setting your cut up for success no
1: absolutely not (laughs) yeah no you're totally right yeah actually my only other education points was the fucking skirts. so we already covered that so do you have (laughs) anything else here
0: (laughs) uh i think everything else i have about this goddamn school is in
1: politics because there's a lot there (laughs) yeah
0: there's so much
1: welcome to the politics section where we talk about things that are fucked up start with some magical racism
0: uh yeah we can definitely talk about some
1: magical racism i guess i just have it in uh chronological order we could also start with continuing the education section i actually
0: i actually do also have this in chronological order but i have a actually have a different point that is brought up in this chapter okay
1: let's start with yours
0: Okay, so I'm actually going to go out on a limb and say that Malfoy is probably not exaggerating that half the previous Triwizard Tournament students end up dead. (laughs) And I was, like, sitting with that, and I'm like, that seems excessive, even for this witching world, which seems to, like, assume you're probably not going to die doing a dangerous thing, even though it's like, you only get a little bit more sense of caution, Mm -hmm. (laughs) some more safety standards built into your world, whatever. And then I was kind of like, it's a little bit like how it's a little bit with football, American football, how we know it causes traumatic brain, like deeply, like irreversible traumatic brain injuries. And we're still like, this is fine for like teenagers and like, you know, people who are 19 and 20 and still growing to be doing whatever. Who cares if you like die at 35 and have tremendous brain scarring and like, you know, whatever i'm just like sports suck really everywhere um dangerous sports let's not let's not have kids do potentially deadly sports
1: yeah yeah totally yeah american football should be banned honestly i mean
0: truly <laughs> or at least
1: change it to touch football
0: right it could just be flag football no one has to have their so many traumatic brain injuries
1: it really is like the best example i think or like the icing on the cake of how america is just like rome again because it is like no we want to watch naked men battle each other to the death for sport like that's what we as a society really really want in our heart of hearts and that's what we have like we have football instead of like gladiators and Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh fucked up dangerous sports for your youth is uh the thing that happens like unfortunately. Yep. Uh sorry, did you want to go back to surprise magical racism? Just casually slipped in there.
1: It's maybe the most intense it's been so far. I don't know. It's maybe the most personal. I don't know. Malfoy's the fucking the worst so far this book every time he interacts with Hermione you're like oh my god reminder for anyone who didn't read this chapter he offers Hermione a support Cedric badge and says don't touch my hand now I've just washed it and don't want a mudblood sliming it up I'm really glad Harry cursed him I just want to put that out there
0: or tried to yeah <laughs> anyway yeah it's like Harry. This actually would have been the time to like punch him in the face because he would not have been expecting that.
1: That's true. Yeah. If
0: you were close enough, you could have just hit him in the face.
1: Imagine just getting his wand out and then just stabbing Malfoy in the eye with it <laughs> instead of casting a spell. <laughs>
0: Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, when he's so pissed, I was laughing. About her. <laughs> She's just, just like him out. Uh. Yeah, but yeah, Sally does not work, which maybe means we can slide into the next uh, glaring red, political red flag of this chapter, which is Snape being possibly literally the worst that he is in this series of books. This is definitely one of the like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Never be around children. Yeah. or anyone maybe yeah and uh listeners to refresh your memory this is when herm hermione is of course hit by draco's spell ricocheting off of harry's spell and her teeth starts to grow alarmingly large which is already horrifying and snape is just like i don't see any difference and it's just like you motherfucker Yeah. Uh,
1: Uh, all the things that harry is imagining doing to snape like while he's sitting in class just fuming i that is exactly how i also feel
0: yeah i think i highlighted everyone is just like yeah yeah. just why are you yelling at him just fucking i don't know just fucking body check him right now i know who gives
1: a fuck transfigure him (laughs) into a ferret and then (laughs) i don't know flush him down the toilet (laughs) oh
0: my god lock him in
1: the chamber of secrets you know how to open it
0: (laughs) oh wow and yeah harry would be like i actually don't know how to transfigure a person so you'd just be a really weird (laughs) ferret man for the rest of the book (laughs) um which you know would be a good reflection about how you're just a fucking monster on the inside it's like everything. <laughs> uh, listen, listeners, we're recording this after Christmas, so all I can just think of is all the nasty should they say about the Grinch and the Grinch song. That's like <laughs> basically state. Yeah.
1: yeah, it is. Uh, He's so awful. Yeah. Why is he why is he even a teacher? Like
0: because Dumbledore does not give a fuck about
1: but anything in the short term Want to be a teacher in the first place I guess is actually what I'm asking here because like he applied to teach at Hogwarts
0: but I assume for the Defense Against the Dark Arts position
1: sure but it doesn't seem like he likes children or maybe he likes teaching but it doesn't seem like he likes children so like maybe he was sent by Voldemort as to, to be like a spy I don't know
0: I don't know. Maybe it's, like, one of those things where, you know how, like, and I can't imagine this actually ha- happening with Snape, but I feel like ev- like, like sometimes you, like, meet someone who's, like, good at a thing, or maybe you've heard of it, it's like, oh, you'd be a really good teacher. And would be like, oh, yeah, maybe. Like, mm-hmm. I like thinking of new ways to do the thing. Maybe I would be good at teaching. I mean, maybe like, he had this, like, idea in his brain about, like, they'd be so excited to learn about Defense Against the Dark Arts, and they could appreciate my brilliance and my creativity as opposed to the like actual nitty grittiness of teaching which is not always glamorous right and i think from having known a lot of teachers is often not glamorous uh especially if maybe you realize you don't like children mm-hmm. but now he can't get out of it because dumbledore is the fucking worst mm-hmm. and is like well i need you close at hand uh so instead of like i don't know just brewing medical potions for us which i could probably pay you to do full time you're gonna teach this Mm -hmm. thing that you hate and -hmm. everyone else hates Mm -hmm. and everyone else hates having you teach so good luck yep yeah
1: it's so fucked up
0: i mean what does rita call uh dumbledore a like out of touch dingbat or something yeah i'm like she's not wrong
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah uh speaking of rita shall we speak of rita
0: let's speak of rita
1: yeah So Rita Skeeter should have been the just waving red flag that we all should have seen sooner that alerted us to JK Rowling being such a fucking turf. Yeah. Because she is just completely coded as a trans woman. In a way that, like, reading it now, you're like, this is 100% intentional. There's no way that that wasn't what she was doing.
0: Um, correct. And I mean, you know, we talked, we've talked previously about the sort of people that we're not supposed to think are good people are often coded as doing gender wrong. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just the very. The way that Rita is described as having masculine features. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm just I just like trying to figure out how I'm gonna say this. It's just in retrospect is cringe. Even though reading this now, I'm like, uh, Rita is the fucking shit. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> <laughs> her aesthetic is everything. Oh
1: my god, yes. Okay. I was like, she's I don't know. I feel like she does a lot of damage, but yes, aesthetically, oh my god, she is crushing it.
0: I mean, Rita is essentially like her own personal TMZ. Yes, which is a force you could say, and has done a lot of fucked up, shitty things. Let's be real. But I mean, I guess I don't know if TMZ's done anything good. But
1: I think it's okay when it exists in a in a form where people are like i'm reading a gossip column but she has access to writing for the only newspaper in this world and so her shit is presented as being news which i think is incredibly dangerous
0: you know i i and you're right it is incredibly dangerous the way that like it's being presented as like like there's no fact checking it's just presented as fact i do have to say that unfortunately that's you could say that of almost of like any reputable news source in the u.s like the new york times and i don't know if it's just because collectively everyone is more like aware of how terrible like terrible conservative old white dudes are Mm. but i feel like i've seen way more pushback and criticism of like opinion pieces in newspapers that are written by old white dudes that are like completely just out of touch and like outside of reality and just being like how did this get published Mm -hmm. in the new york times like are you guys fucking kidding me oh i know and so i feel like what what rita is doing is in a lot of ways definitely incorrect but is incredibly realistic unfortunately
1: yeah totally i didn't read it because it's paywalled but i just want to note that the new york times just published a an interview with jk rowling about like a kids book that she just put out i know
0: i'm making i'm making a just dis- a very uh, just incredulously disgusted face yeah <sighs> uh well i'm sh-
1: oh, sorry go ahead
0: oh no I'm, I'm gonna say i'm sure we'll see screenshots on i'm sure if i go on twitter yeah. i'm gonna see people being like the fuck i know and i look forward to that commentary so i don't have to give them money trying to read that shit right but they're not gonna get my clicks new york times
1: yeah, so I don't know. We should talk more about what Rita's writing does when we actually get to it. I feel like we got sort of off track from like the the fucked upness of the way that she's described in the chapter, which is what we should be, I think, talking about right now.
0: No, you're right. Sorry, I did it off. I did get off track. But
1: I mean, I went with you. <laughs> so she's described as having quote unquote curiously rigid hair, which to me sounds like a wig potentially. A heavy jawed face, thick fingers, a surprisingly strong grip, large mannish hands, and then uh, overly penciled eyebrows, which is interesting. I think I forgot that part. We get also just like general femme shaming where she's like got these bejeweled glasses and her long nails are mentioned like five times. Like she has long nails and they're painted. Um, And then she has like a like a shiny handbag too it's the first person we've ever seen with a purse in the whole series i think
0: and it's made of crocodile
1: yes it is and then i also noticed i feel like okay so to activate a quick quotes quill to make it right in your style you like put it in your mouth and it says she sucked on the quill with apparent relish which to me feels very like oh, like, this lady likes giving head. Like, it feels very mm. sexualized in a weird way that I would think I was reading too much into, except I don't think <laughs> I'm reading too much into
0: it. No, the minute you said it out loud, it is, it does seem sexual, either for, like, putting the pen in her mouth or about all of the, like, juicy-ass shit she's about to make up about the situation. Yeah. Or maybe both, honestly. Yeah. Maybe both
1: yeah with the parent relish just feels very like ugh, she likes sucking on things which like y'all mm-hmm. for the record that's fine it's beyond fine Uh, yep. there's like literally nothing that c- should ever be shamed about enjoying performing oral sex also 14 year olds shouldn't be judging anyone about that because that's like the primary sex act that they're engaged in <laughs>
0: Okay, so I have another take to bring to Rita's aesthetic that I was thinking about today. Because I think for the first time, I'm act- I am actually really paid attention to the things that we get that were described from Rita. Mm-hmm. So we get this, like, really styled and unmovable hairstyle. She has her, like, two-inch press-ons, her crocodile purse, and her gold teeth. And all of this together, I'm like, Rita's aesthetic is very, like... It's very hood.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like, y- you said that her hair could be a wig, which I also agree with. But it could also just be, like, she just has a really intricate, like, sew-in, like, weave situation. Mm-hmm. And I and I especially say that because, I f- because like, persons and gold teeth are definitely an aesthetic that is popularized by, like, Black and Latina people in cities that has been... Co- opted at this point by white people all over the world all over the country mm-hmm. um and I feel like the only people I ever see wearing crocodile anything are black people mm. and I mean Detroit has its own like the cities cities have like varying sort of styles of what's going on, but people in Detroit love them some cocod- <laughs> so crocodile shoes it's very, it's it's very great, and so part of me is also. A little bit uncomfortable by this mm-hmm. because obviously a lot of turfism is based in racism, and the racist the racist assumption of what gendered bodies look like, mm-hmm. especially female gendered bodies, to all of our detriment. And so I think I feel like giving rid of these sort of uh like this aesthetic that is I uh, very much associated with uh black and latino hood culture it feels doubly gross Mm -hmm. for her to be uh, giving these uh attributes to someone who she is 110 percent writing as a villain Mm
1: -hmm. yeah you're totally correct
0: and i mean again being a turf is also being a racist piece of shit because of how gendered bodies and racism intersect in an oval of a van diagram (laughs) right uh but it's just it's just sort of doubly gross here where it's like, none of, none of these things are bad. Right. <laughs> All of these, these things are in fact fabulous. Right. So it's just real shitty.
1: Yeah, it's terrible. Um, so I wanted to, I guess, suss out whether or not we're agreeing to read Rita as trans. My instinct is to refuse it. To be like you can have this back like this is a way that cis women's bodies can and do look and like mm. we're not going to accept this like caricature of trans womanness that you have presented us with i'm open to discussing it though
0: i also feel i also feel good about that and i also don't want to necessarily i don't want to lean into the scoundrel being shitty about trans women which is what's happening and i think it's also a not terrible reminder that i mean obviously gender is bullshit and even cis women have pronounced jaws and muscular large hands or you know and these sort of markers that get attributed to masculinity but it's like again this like racist sexist like patriarchal idea of like what a woman's body look like is false and has always been false
1: right yeah cool
0: uh i would i would be into reading rita as like either <laughs> like a person of color or wherever the poor people in the uk hang out like she's like from the council block or whatever yeah,
1: this and estate
0: i want this aesthetic to make sense for her mm-hmm. i mean in a way that's not an appropriation so i guess i don't know Does that make make sense? Yeah, I think so. So, because I feel like the, like, council estate is the UK version of the hood aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of similarities for obvious reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Let her come by her press-ons. And maybe, I don't know, some, like, really big hoop earrings, which I'm pretty sure Rita has that Harry is just not paying attention to. Because that really completes the look. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, If anyone draws any fan art about this, please send it to me. Because... And it uh, greatly amuses me, because I want because Rita is just really beautiful. Oh my god! <laughs> even if, even if she has very low, mor- <laughs> very <laughs> dubious morals.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, God, you know, she's wearing magenta here, but I feel like her iconic look is when she's wearing robes the same color as her quill, and that's how I imagine yeah. her.
0: This, like, vivid electric
1: green. Yeah, which also, yeah. I mean, I think she's not described as looking bad in, which also lends itself to her being a person of color, as you have pointed out. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of colors that white people cannot wear, effectively, and I think that's one of them. <laughs> uh... Welcome two editorials where we rant about stuff
0: uh this actually goes pretty well along with our politics section which is how is this the first book for us slash harry to realize that harry has probably been in the tabloids and has been staying in the tabloids this entire time (laughs) for her mind to be like oh you know you're famous right
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh what a good point jesse that's such a good point.
0: I know Harry's too butch to fucking read Witch Weekly, but he's probably always in the tabloids. Like, what the fuck? Yeah,
1: totally. All the time. He needs a, um, a Google alert for his name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he wouldn't look at it. He would just, he would delete all of those emails. That's About true. the Google alert. Yeah, he would. I guess it's a good thing Hermione's paying attention.
1: Although I think there is something to be said for being like, I actually don't want to know that can be a great source of (laughs) self-preservation
0: this is true this is very true
1: uh yeah speaking of harry i find him to be very tragic in this chapter I, i i do i feel so bad for him like every time someone believes him the sense of just like utter relief that we see him experience is like heartbreaking he's really going through it
0: yeah, this is a, a it's a very rough chapter for Harry. Yeah, it's really hard for him without like I mean, I will make fun of Ron all all day and all night. I will, but that is still like his best friend. It's like his rock, you mm-hmm. know. And not having sort of Ron's like steady, ride or die like support with him is just like really fucking him up, mm-hmm. um, which he says directly in in this chapter which is very sad
1: yeah even though i do again i feel like ron's reaction is honestly understandable
0: yeah i think i think it literally like this was this for whatever reason was just a thing that like was just too many things for him to just be like chill about yeah shitty timing very shitty timing
1: yeah i feel like hedwig not speaking to harry really is like his tipping point like I am a little bit shocked that he didn't just break down crying in the Owlry, because I feel like that would have been the point where I just, like, snapped and couldn't keep it together anymore, is when she's like, fuck off, and he's like, god damn
0: it. Yeah, that would definitely be the why don't you love me part and the crying part.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, I also feel like, I feel like this is one of the chapters where I get the strongest sense of why generally Gryffindors are painted as the kind of dumb jock stereotype because I would have liked for them to be showing a little more support or like outwardly being like we can have two champions like fuck off or chill out or like whatever um but it seems like besides their enthusiasm that there isn't any kind of like outward show of support you know Which he even was getting in book two. I mean, kind of from Fred and George, but
1: still. Right.
0: You know, like there are people in Gryffindor who were outwardly being like, Harry is not the fucking heir of Slytherin. And that just, that support is just not here in Mm -hmm. a way where I'm just like, you guys could be a little strategic. You've been at the school a long time. You know how these cliques work. Right. (laughs) Just United Front, maybe? Something?
1: Right. It's like they're all excited and celebrating, like within the house, but we don't see anything. Yeah, like why does no one, why does no one besides Hermione confront Malfoy about his buttons in the hallway?
0: I know. Yeah, it's it's very bewildering and just kind of a little bit for me. It's like y'all dropped the ball mm-hmm. on
1: that. Yeah, they totally like this
0: did. seems very much up the whole. Gryffindor vibe is to be like, we're not going to let Harry stand by and have literally almost the entire student body, like, bully him. And it's like, but you got, like, anything? Really? Crickets? Mm-hmm. We're just getting crickets here? Yeah. It's very unfortunate. And also, just like, come on, you guys.
1: I know. Yeah, it is. Uh, so, I just... We get this all the time about the Hufflepuffs. Like, Cedric is one of the only people who's ever brought them glory because he beat Gryffindor in a Quidditch match one time. And, I mean, obviously it's, like, it's bad writing. But, like, does, does Hufflepuff lose every single Quidditch match that they play? Have they never beat Slytherin or Ravenclaw?
0: Um, I don't think they have. I don't. And, granted... I'm not looking at a detailed list which I'm sure exists of like who is winning what where but Mm -hmm. I don't think we do this (laughs) this actually is my last point about the Hufflepuffs and frustratingly the Hufflepuffs don't really get a win again in the rest of the rest of the series
1: it doesn't make any sense like why are they never in the running for the house cup is it just because they're bad at Quidditch because these are these are the, the good kids these are the sweet kind kids and I mean we We don't see people being rewarded for kindness which is a real fucking problem yeah but it just seems so unlikely
0: it is it is really weird because yeah i i honestly have never quite understand how much hufflepuff has like been devalued because i'm just like clearly that's where all the weirdos go (laughs) like all the nice weirdos who just like want to share their snacks and be like look at this cool painting i did or whatever Because, again, where are the fucking artists at? Clearly they're all in Hufflepuff. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And probably a few in Ravenclaw for, like, technical art skills. But, yeah, it's just the, yeah, it's like, oh, we could have had this win and now we don't. And then they still don't ever get another win again. And it's just like, why not?
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's so weird. It's such such a weird choice.
0: I mean, again, another reason why the house system sucks. and right. Should be abolished. Yeah. And the whole vibe of like not smart or cunning or brave. And It's like you mean just regular ass people. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Some people just want to be in school and get their get their diploma or whatever the fuck you get when you leave Hogwarts and be done. Like,
1: yeah.
0: I don't want to be a junior fascist or a dumb jock. So I guess yeah it's it's just very ridiculous
1: i agree yep all right so my last editorial is the question of why olivander is out risking his life to pluck unicorn tails when we know (laughs) that you can just ethically gather unicorn hair in the forest
0: you know i i actually i actually had this in yes why live okay I don't know much about horses. I'm not a. uh, I don't. uh, But I'm pretty sure going behind a horse, and yanking out one of its hairs at the root sounds like you're gonna get kicked in the face, and people die like that. I'm like, (laughs) why aren't you just hanging out in a in a blind on a in a tree, waiting for them to just like scratch their butts against some bushes, and there's just some some free hair, not right getting you accidentally run through by a unicorn yeah he
1: should just be he should just be paying hagrid for the hair that she collects apparently it's 10 galleons a hair but like come on olivander i know you can spare it
0: i mean maybe he's a weirdo about like the freshness i don't know the ingredients clearly he's sourcing his own ingredients which okay that's your craft whatever but again seems like you might get murdered trying to pluck hairs off of a giant magical horse
1: right (laughs) it's bad decision making
0: like you can just gather them which does seem weirdly a thing you should be able to do with phoenixes now that i think about it but i don't know
1: the phoenixes at least give consent yeah you know they have enough sapience or whatever to be able to be like yes I agree to contribute yeah. my tail feathers to wand making
0: yeah and it's what seems like it's not that hard to find bird feathers that's true <laughs> like they naturally fall off of birds yeah and
1: they <laughs> yeah. we see the phoenixes molt too like because they go through that life cycle right yeah that's a good point
0: Wild, truly wild. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe that's the real reason there are no apprentices. They all get murdered <laughs> by
1: Unicorn. <laughs> it's like being an intern at the Nightville radio
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yes.
1: Uh, yeah, you only get to be uh, an apprentice if you can survive gathering ingredients for the first, like, five years that your apprenticeship lasts.
0: <sighs> it's like parents don't let your children grow up to be wand apprentices
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep welcome to the personal section where we talk about sexy stuff I think there's only one thing here right would you like to, yeah. de- to declare it
0: <laughs> I would like to declare it oh just that Harry just points out that Cedric D- Diggory is exceptionally handsome.
1: He's so handsome. <laughs>
0: With his dark eyes and his hair and wait, I'm not looking. I'm not looking at the book. I actually do not remember. <laughs> he has <laughs> gray, gray
1: eyes and a straight nose, and something else.
0: No one's hit. No one's hit him in the face. Why would they? He's so handsome. <laughs> <laughs> Yep.
1: Welcome to the health and science section, where we talk about magic and science and magical science. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, I want to return to the subject of wand cores, if that's okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. I asked about the wand wood, so yeah, let's return to the wand cores.
1: Cool. So I feel like you know we've heard wands have either phoenix feather dragon heart string or unicorn tail Mm -hmm. but i feel like what we learn in this chapter is that's just what olivander works with because vela hair works which makes me think that anything from a magical creature works so like centaur hair probably uh something from a thestral probably
0: yeah uh uh, uh, outside of canon says that the elder wand has a thrust a vestral tail hair in it Mm,
1: that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah
0: so i think to your point i think yes this clearly i feel like this means that you could use elements of magical creatures of any magical creature in your wand it sounds like as long as it's long enough question mark i don't know
1: yeah, but so Ollivander says that Vila hair is temperamental so I assume that like different animals give or creatures give sort of different vibes or whatever to wand. so maybe certain things work but aren't I mean I imagine given how much centaurs are not about witches that a centaur tail hair and a wand would be a very uncooperative wand right?
0: Yeah. Um. What I also think, though, is since what we get is, you know, Ollivander's like, oh, yeah, Vila hair, Vila feathers, whatever. Hair. <laughs> Vila, Vila hair. He doesn't use it as too temperamental. But Flora, as we see, is a very powerful, competent witch herself. So mm-hmm. is it because she's part Vila? Is it because the Vila hair that she's using is from her grandmother? Like she has this familiar connection To her wand core, and so I wonder if there are some things that are like temperamental, just because it it works best with something a little more specialized than just like pick out a wand until it fits, you know? Right. Like maybe like the phoenix feather, uh, unicorn tail, dragon heartstring is just good in general for a lot of people, but if you're I don't know, yeah, say have a Mixed heritage person like Fleur, or maybe even Hagrid, you know, like maybe a hair from a giant would work best for Hagrid, or a hair or a piece of a wild, uh, uh, magical creature that is a little bit more dangerous Mm -hmm, (laughs) than mm -hmm. you know, like could you use like silk from
1: an acromantula?
0: An acromantula, totally, especially an acromantula that like Hagrid knows personally, (laughs) yeah, you know and like maybe it would be like it wouldn't work like you couldn't find like a 12-year-old that would work for her. but if you're a you know i don't want to say special but not like but like if if you're weird in the way that Hagrid is weird being part yeah. of the giant then maybe something a more weird unusual one core would work better
1: i kind of like the idea that the more like sapiens the more um human-like the creature that your your wand core is coming from the more consent is built into it so like not just consent but like it has to be a gift so like yeah. Flora's grandmother can gift her a hair for her particular wand core or like aragog could gift hagrid a right a, a length of of spider silk for her wand core uh but if someone else tried to just like take those things and use them for a wand, the wand wouldn't work for them or it would go very poorly.
0: Yeah. Or, you know, if we get a situation, which we see later in the books where you can kind of out duel someone to, for mastery of their wand, maybe it just, which art doesn't work very well. If you have a wand that's used to someone else's magic or you like attuned to them, then it like might not work at all. Mm -hmm. You'd be like, why doesn't this wand work? It's like, well, you're not BFF with a a, a aramantula, so duh, this <laughs> aramantula silk wand is not gonna do shit for you. Right. I feel like with centaur hair, though, I I feel it'd be probably really good if you're like into divination and I mean, obviously, you don't we don't see people using their wands for divination or astrology much, but like, I feel like maybe you would you could create really great star charts with like your wand that had a a centaur tail or braid hair in
1: it yeah you know. or like also probably you know if herbology was more what we want herbology to be in this series i think centaur from what we see with when Forens is Ferenzi Forens whatever is teaching divination there's a lot of like plant magic involved
0: yeah uh speaking of plant magic yeah. do you want to talk about the wood of everyone's wand yes i do uh we're gonna start off with cedric's wand okay uh, we already know it came from a unicorn does he say 16 or 17 hands high
1: i don't remember
0: because i feel like maybe Ollivander is short because 16 hands high that would be a five foot four inch unicorn
1: so not very big at all not
0: very big because hmm. like a i guess a hand is four inches when you were talking about
1: course is interesting uh i do think canonically alivander is is short all
0: right so uh yeah so Cedric has uh, an ash wood wand so there's different symbolism in like celtic mythology versus christian christians i guess are like this is a this is a pagan tree (laughs) this is not good but apparently in like a lot of other traditions is sort of like a protective like cleansing sort of plant and that about like secu- like stability and security it's a lot of their symbolism along with like protection essentially cool and weirdly fertility which RIP poor Cedric <laughs> <laughs> will not benefit from but <laughs> it, you know it seems like a good this is like a good fit for for, for Cedric mm-hmm. being a sort of like caring caring dude Good head on his shoulders, not caught up in the whirlwind of, like, fuck Harry Potter. Even though he, like, I don't think anyone would blame him if he was, but he, like, doesn't. He's just like, we're all here now, so.
1: Yeah, he's a really good guy.
0: He's a good guy. All right. And then, so let's move on to Flora, which, who has rosewood, which I assumed was wood from a rosebush plant. No, it is apparently, like, a conifer that grows in Brazil a lot uh apparently they were the wood is like prized for being beautiful and also apparently used to make instruments historically anyway so it's, as far as symbolism goes there i guess it's one of strength and vulnerability that signals a time of inner conflict
1: bummer i guess
0: yeah i mean you still get strength
1: <laughs> true
0: yeah, the vulnerable part is real weird. I mean, yeah, poor floor. But also, you know, she's also big on aesthetics, so also good for her for having this like beautiful True. beautiful wand. Yes. <laughs> uh and then uh lastly, we get Victor Crumb. He has a horn beam wood wand. Very strong, strong wood, as you probably know. His
1: wand is described. Like of all the ones, so phallically.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like Garthy is shit. They don't say Garthy.
1: He's but like basically. rigid, thicker than usual, <laughs> ten and a half inches. You're like, what? <laughs>
0: think... Like what is? That? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's wild. Uh, so yeah, very. A very strong, protective kind of wood uh, with the symbolism. So, yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Good, a good, sturdy, thick, girthy <laughs> wand for a <laughs> <winter. laughs> Oh, geez. Ooh.
1: All right. I just have one more thing, which is a uh, question. Uh, Ollivander creates some birds with someone's wand Mm -hmm. i just want to know did these birds exist previous Were they sort of sucked out of one place in time and then emitted from the wand here or did he create the birds from nothing and if he created them from nothing you know where did where did the parts come from and like are they real birds could they go out and like do they have all the instincts of whatever breed of bird they are could they mate can they live full lives
0: i guess i would assume no
1: <laughs> okay
0: i would assume that he i don't know what you would create how you would i don't think that they're like birds that have been pulled from some place. i think he's just created the illusion of birds or whatever and then they're gonna maybe disappear in like an hour or something
1: okay i think you have to be right because you can't create food and i i think if you could create a chicken with your wand you that's by definition you've created food
0: yeah yeah and yeah what are the other things it's like wine pours out of one of them and then flowers
1: mm-hmm.
0: i think uh, yeah so
1: which wine is also food
0: i don't know about that <laughs> so is he just pouring wine on the floor <laughs> I'm like is anyone drinking this wine like is it going to a cup is he just like woo like I'm just
1: I hope it went into a cup <laughs> I thought it was kind of rude that he gave Flora a present and then didn't give anyone else a present he's like here's some flowers like maybe the wine went in a cup and he was like here's some wine here's <laughs> some pet birds <laughs> disappear in a couple hours <laughs>
0: Oh, jeez!
1: Do you have anything else?
0: Uh, Yeah, just a couple of short things. I don't know if I've talked about this, but I feel like the, the the squid in the lake acts more like an octopus than a squid <laughs> and really just, should just be an octopus. I agree. And lastly, so this is the book where we get a lot of like weird magic stuff. And I kind of just want to talk about the fact that Harry and Malfoy curse each other, the spells meet in the middle, and then they ricochet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like, "What is that? How? Why? Why do they not know shield charms to sh- to have everyone to have shielded themselves?" <laughs> it's just like we're just gonna run in the opposite end of the corner but it's like clearly not far enough.
1: Great question. I'm so glad you brought this up too, because I had a question about this too. We do see other spells ricochet right in the future i think so yeah i mean that's how voldemort dies
0: yeah and i mean we get even later in this book like t- the spells conjoining and then the whole weave of light and magic blah blah yeah
1: i don't think they know shield charms to just get i yeah i was like, like when did they learn that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know not soon enough yeah It's like because it makes it seem like the the spell on its way to its destination is like a physical, a physical
0: object. And it's like it's also just kind of like were they both just aiming at the like precisely aiming so it like hits in the middle? Is it like they're both equally as powerful so it's not gonna like overwhelm the it's just it's just very curious to me
1: didn't we also see the stunning spells at the beginning of this book like ricocheting off of trees very weird
0: yeah because i mean that's what bullets do (laughs) like bullets can ricochet Mm -hmm. uh which is i mean a weird thing but it's just i guess it just seems like do you even need to block a spell if you can hit it just right that it might just ricochet i mean i guess it still could potentially hit you but it's not gonna hit you dead on i guess
1: I don't think that they intentionally... I think it was just chance that they mm-hmm. happened to cross at just the right point that they hit each other. I don't think they were very far from each other at the time that they were casting them, so...
0: They're they're the exact same height, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to just... I I think I meant to bring this up in an earlier section, but whatever. So... Uh, Draco and Harry both cast these spells that clearly they weren't taught in class, which makes me think that there are like basically zines that go around Hogwarts of like, you know, petty fight in the hallway spells that people just just learn all the you know, like yeah, it's just passed down through through the ages because where the fuck else are they learning like a teeth enlargement spell and a boil giving spell
0: yeah no i think i think you're i think you're totally right yeah i'm the- <laughs> just imagining a little photocopied zine even though they don't have photocopies <laughs> so is it like i really like leather bound little booklet or like crumpled up like really worn like scrolls of parchment mm-hmm. it's like here's how you can really get them
1: yeah i think it's great
0: it is a very cute
1: Cool. Is that all the things?
0: Do you believe that is all the things?
1: Cool. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Gaily Prophet. Before we get into our end notes, I want to say an enormous thank you to Jake, Tina K, and Fionn. I'm very sorry I meant to look up how to say your name. Who left us very generous donations. You guys are the best. And also to mc227 aj fan and twisted queen here for leaving us very nice reviews
0: oh thanks everyone
1: um and i just want we were referred to in one of the reviews as uh the listeners woke queer ants and so i'm going to take a moment to remind you that i am your woke queer uncle just so you know just putting that out there uh yes so The Gaily Prophet and our other podcast, Escape from Reality, are creations of Hashtag Ruthless Productions and are produced, mixed and edited by me.
0: If you want to support us, you could also leave us a lovely review that we'll read and then thank you about at the end of the show. You should also uh, tell your friends, listen to us, because we're a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can also uh, share some of our stuff on social media. We are on Instagram and Twitter at the gaily prophet you could also check us out on our website uh hashtag ruthless.com where you can uh buy our merch or leave a donation or listen to past episodes just on your computer um there's also a link to our patreon where you can uh support us monthly and we have cool patreon exclusive content for you to listen to
1: We sure do. Like our conversation about celebrities' dick sizes (laughs) in this episode, for example. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Let's see. If you want to find me on the internet, and specifically if you want to help kickstart my tarot deck or even just look at it, you can uh, do so... On Instagram, where I am at Lark Malachi, which is L A R K M A L A K A I, or my website, which is larkmalachi.com, or on the hashtag ruthless website and Instagram, obviously.
0: If you want to follow me, I'm on uh, Instagram at Life in Detroit and on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit.
1: Our show art is by Theo Julian Forrester. The music and our theme song is by Kevin McLeod. And until next time,
0: press ons. Exceptionally handsome, girth, <laughs> and harness. <laughs> Excellent. Those are all very weirdly sexual now that I read this of that out loud. Anyway,
1: whatever. It's perfect. <laughs>